while America implodes, China explodes into the worldwide leader of trade and governance. What is the definition of implosion? Implosion is when the object collapses upon itself, generally being crushed by an outside force, which I label America's financial and economic bubble that has been inflated beyond saving under the current two-party political system as imploding our future and leaving us chasing China for number one in the world for trade and cultural values. What is the definition of explosion? At the same time, I label China as the aggressor exerting explosion forces that radiate away from an inside source greater than outside force resistance, which then results in China being the preeminent leader of the world. Mr. Joe Dalio in his book The Changing World Order, subtitled When Nations Succeed and Fail, labels them as the big curves of empires, also called the cycles of nations, that have evolved over the last 2,000 years. He uses 18 determinants as algorithms to predict the evolution of the four biggest socio-economic curves in history, the Dutch, the British UK, America USA, and now China CCP that last approximately 300 years. America is in its 247 years in a negative yield curve based on its GDP decline, excessive debt, continuing annual deficits, a gridlocked Congress, a failing two-party system with weak leadership, the most current biggest curves being the USA Constitutional of Democracy Doctrines and CCP Marxist and Communism Doctrines, vying for preeminence in trade, currency, land ownership, military power, economic return on investment, religious standards, and cultural mores. As America implodes having shifted wealth since World War II to its adversaries is at risk of losing the big curve battle that according to Dalio will happen in the next decade as USA slides down the trade, economic and currency big curve determinants, while CCP is advancing its dominance in these critical outcome analytics, it is predicted in the book May Evolution Be With You that I interpret to mean put your hedge fund money on China. It is my goal to save America. We are already great but to keep America great we need new management to run the biggest enterprise in the world. We can no longer isolate ourselves from the realities of incompetent fiscal mismanagement and no accountability for trade blunders, high fixed overhead with a $1.9 trillion annual government payroll, including the best benefit package ever while our Chinese competitor has low to no government overhead with no gridlock or resistance from its workers who are glad to be well-fed and alive. The bottom line is who will control the value of the worldwide reference currency, military power, and balance of trade, both of which America is predicted by Dalio to lose. Since the Great Reset by Mao the Chinese leaders have established the Politburo structure with the China capitalism and China dream of displacing America's democracy with totalitarian government using wealth and military as its measurement. Underway is a counter-movement in China consisting of approximately 400 million of full-on gong religious members opting out of the Communist Party. Also, the society is experiencing corruption from its oligarch corporations that weakens their control of one leader. My proposal for solving the $800 billion annual negative trade imbalance is turning the tables on them. We cannot afford to be consumer table for the world. We need our leaders to be schooled in why small business enterprise beats big business and big government, big brother, and the brotherhood every time for new technology, profitability, profit-sharing, work ethic, patriotic effort, and leaders in their communities. We have to turn the tables on the competition, those 30 countries that export more to us than we export to them, by reworking the cost of the 10,000-unit and 18,000-unit container ship capacity, costing $3,000 to $30,000 per container on the four. 500 ships owned by China shipping across two oceans to our 20 ports that get products to our end consumers. Also, the suppliers must absorb the cost of unloading and distribution of the products using their money to get the products to the wholesaler and retailer shelves. Then a marketing charge for displaying their products on our consumer market shelves. As Coca-Cola has to do with its products, obviously, it would be a cheaper if the consumer was close to the shipper not across two oceans. Why did non-businessmen sign trade agreements? Because politicians aren't qualified to conduct business with a law degree, PhD, nor are bureaucrats. What can we do at this stage to realign the table so our technology and ideas for healthcare, relationships, crime, religion, ghettos in our cities, outer space, and inner space protection of our grids, with secure borders and consensus voting? Endorse and vote for the very principles and policies being proposed in my The American Enterprise Party Trilogy. Volume 1 Why We Have to Do It? Volume 2 How to Do It? Volume 3 Who Will Do It? I quote from Charlie Reese's article regarding the gang of 535, 100 senators, 435 House members, 9 Supreme Court justices, and 1 president. If politicians cause problems with too many laws and regulations, too many taxes, too much debt, and spending, bad business decisions and bankruptcy looming, why would we expect the two-party system to fix it? 
when all the two parties do is blame the other party for its incompetence. Sounds like the McCoys and the Hatfields fighting over money, and moonshine. The American Enterprise Party would represent the tiebreaker on all legislation, at all levels of governance. By exercising, using generally accepted accounting principles, a business plan for the annual trade, and spending budget for security of borders and voting systems, as the minimum guideline. This is to replace the contract with America as promised by the Republicans, and a socialist democratic giveaway program promised by the Democrats. Good morning, America. This is Jerry Rhodes coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. It's uh, time to talk about USA, our country. I've entitled it, While USA Implodes, China Explodes. And I'm going to be reading from my notes rather than writing out a script and recording it because I think I need some feelings and passion to be able to get the points across. Across the country, 40,000 bills are being proposed annually by our legislatures. And the main legislature, of course, is in Washington, D.C. Uh, 40,000 bills, approximately 5,000 across the country get passed each year. Each one of these bills takes away another freedom, and they increase the costs. There's nothing more basic than the law is inflationary particularly when you have to enforce it and reinforce it, such as the 87,000 IRS agents that are current um, crazy spending, uh, never-ending Joseph R. Biden. It's not Robin Hood, it's Robin Hood, I guess. What does that mean? Well, the bureaucracy grows faster than the gross domestic or gross national product. Matter of fact, it reduces because of the cost of the bureaucrats. And we currently have 24 million uh, bureaucrats working uh, for the various levels of government. And I would exclude the first responders from that because they are critical to our future. But the rest of the bureaucrats, we hardly even know who they are or what they do, but they always vote either Democrat or Republican. And in this scenario, we're getting nowhere except uh, falling into insolvency and bankruptcy. So I'm promoting, uh, as if you've been listening at all to this, uh, a third party. A third party that has a platform, a third party that has a plan, a third party that is based on what makes America great. And that in my books, the trilogy defines American capitalism plus American socialism or human capital equals profit. And profit then equals standards of living. Um, the whole financial and uh, uh, stock market and something that I'm calling the um, derivative bubble exist because of that formula. I call it a one plus one equals two. One is the monetary capital, two is the human capital, three is the profitability that implements and sustains everything that's in our society. And I'm looking at our, our enemy, the United, um, no, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. What does that represent? It represents totalitarianism, represents Marxism in action, and communism as the end result. So our enemies, or our opponents in this game of trade, are China, Russia, who's trying to get their USSR back, the land grab so they can control natural resources, and China, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, there's about 70 million, 70 billion, I'm sorry, 70% of the world are committed, <coughs> excuse me, to communism. And uh, we have our own USSR. Ours is the United States Social Republics right now, 
is that we can't decide whether we're a capitalist or socialist. And I'm just trying to reduce this down to the simplest uh, MC, uh, MC E equals MC squared, which really is the foundation of, of what we believe the universe could be uh, based on. So the United States Social Republics, uh, the 50 states at this time, are a part of this giant totalitarian system, unless we go back to the basics. And the basics is our, our declaration of independence from totalitarianism and our constitution, which is the uh, game plan or the rules of the game. And uh, so rather than being, being into land grabbing and control of, of, of uh, media and propaganda as they do in Russia uh, and going after Ukraine and then Romania and the Balkans and Poland and Europe, um, as did Hitler, we're stuck here in the middle uh, wondering what the hell we should do when it comes to Ukraine. Well, in my opinion, Ukraine was the first step to totalitarianism across the world. And unless we stop it, and we should have been stopping it at the borders. And yes, I think Trump would have stopped it. We had to, to be the leader of NATO that says if they're going to take this much, they're going to go after more. So I believe there should have been a peace agreement and no-fly zone from day one to keep them out. But now that they're there... Don't believe anything you hear about Putin being overthrown or he does, he's weak or he doesn't have the resources. Of course he does. He's selling more oil than we do. And he's selling it to China, India, to Europe. So his strategy is, is capitalize on energy. And we're trying to, to decapitalize energy in this country, convert it over to something that will only cost us our future. Our future can only be nuclear, and I think that there are ideas that could put the nuclear um, creation of nuclear energy in outer space, and uh, it, it could be transmitted and transported back to our grids, which would then eliminate the threat of, of meltdown. But those are just ideas that are coming to my mind as I try to figure out why America is imploding. And it's because of problems. And I'll just go through just a, a list here. And then a plan of action, which is based on outcome. Where there's income, there, uh, where there's outcome, you will improve the American income or GDP. We're not pursuing outcomes. We're pursuing issues at the political level. And gridlock is, is a zero-sum game. Implosion problems, loss of freedoms. It's not just the freedom of speech, it's the freedom of expression of uh, a plan. Because you have to have millions and billions to be able to get into a position of having a voice. And in this country, that requires um, the media backing. And right now, the media is backing the wrong team, in my estimation, because we're imploding. And they don't even talk about Problems. They're talking issues again between the red and the blue, the left and the right, the Republicans and Democrats, and and we're all in the middle because uh, we're we're losing our freedoms. Number two is debt. The debt is not reported except on the debt clock. If you go to uh, usdebtclock.org. You will find the true condition of our financial con uh, uh, position, and the debt far exceeds uh, the revenue. The revenue, if we if you count taxes, taxes don't will hardly cover the interest on the debt. When you look at the long term debt, the short term debt, thirty one trillion. Uh, uh, 20, 30 years ago, it was $10 trillion. How did it get from 10 to 30 
increase? Well, yeah, it's because of the the negative imbalance of trade. We've been losing anywhere from a half a half a trillion to a trillion dollars a year by shifting the wealth to China, Indochina, Vietnam, uh, Philippines, South Korea, um, Taiwan. Um, the 30 countries where we have a negative trade balance means that we import more from them than we export. And why is that so uh, costly? Well, we're paying the shipping. It, when it's shipped from those countries where we have a negative trade balance, we're paying the shipping. And the, and the shipping costs are being shipped on Chinese um, trade ships, container ships. And they have anywhere from 10,000 to 18,000 containers. And the cost of a container to ship it was 3,000 pre-pandemic, and it's been 30,000 since then. And China has 4,500 container ships around the world. Of course, they're, they're controlling trade. And we're losing money. And we have been losing money since the Second World War, which results in a $31 trillion debt that we don't even have a set of books that shows those figures. That's just what uh, the Treasury says it is. Or the Fed, who's now going to increase the interest rate to drive us more in debt and inflationary. So deficits, deficits create debt, of course. And they're saying, well, we, we can balance the budget, budget in 10 years. Well, yeah, what they'll do is they'll add treasury notes in as a receipt along with taxes to say they balance the budget. When in effect, we're, we're just going farther, further into bankruptcy. So the trade imbalance, the value of the dollar, which is going down at a phenomenal rate and has uh, under both political parties, the gridlock in Congress where they're not getting anything done except argue about issues between the red and the blue and the left and the right. It's the McCoys and the Hatfields shooting at each other and probably going to kill each other and got, get nothing done. We have a transfer of wealth to China. Their, their GDP now is approaching ours, and we shifted it there. Why? Oh, you say, oh, because of the labor costs. We had to get cheap labor, child labor over there. Well, there's not child, child labor over there anymore. It's people making money off of us. And then when they transfer uh, this wealth and they get our technology, they re-engineering or reverse engineering, make it better and increase the price, including freight. And, and shipping to from uh, Asia to uh, the Western Hemisphere is the most expensive way of doing business. Well, how could we fix it? Well, I'll give you just a little hint here as we turn the tables and they have to foot the, the shipping and they have to foot the unloading of the, of the container ships. They have to pay for the transportation to the, to the wholesalers and the retailers. And then they have to rent space since it's their retail pricing that we're going to have to try to recover with, with a markup, hopefully, for our profit. They're going to have to incur those costs. Because in general business, this is a global trade is no different than than any other product that has to be shipped within the United States. It's going to be way cheap, cheaper for the manufacturer and supplier to come back or come over here and get it close to the biggest consumer in the world, and that's the USA. So you turn the tables on the imbalance of trade. You start to force them to incur the costs that you would typically incur in conducting uh, enterprise, business. And we got to get the drugs out of, uh, out of the hands of the government who is approving or disproving the FDA what is right or wrong for, for uh, drug usage. The big pharma is the, the biggest problem we have because they are commercializing, as a cartel does, drug, drug use. And our addiction rate in, at, at, at the early levels of our society, the youth, is, is, is crazy. Why are, they, why are they tempted to take these, these things that look like candy 
and die from it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the culture. We have a culture of violence, vulgarity, and excesses. Well, let's admit it so we can solve it. We have 300 million guns, maybe 350 million, the same as the number of people here. We have 30,000 gangs, a million gang members who have nothing to lose by going downtown or into the suburbs and stealing it or taking it if you don't give it. Crime is rampant in our big cities. Why? Because of the ghettos. We have allowed the ghettos to take over our society in in principle anyway, because they claim that they're, you know, they're being abused. Well, they are. We should go in, as they did in the gangs of New York, knock down all of the ghettos, as they did in the early uh, 1900s or 1800s, and it reduced crime to a minimum. So that should be our focus, not the Green New Deal, some harebrained idea that we can control the climate. And the inflationary impact of all of these problems, these are not problems between the red and the blue. These are dramatic worldwide problems. If we can solve them here, we can help solve them somewhere else. Before communism completely takes over the world, that says, oh, okay, everybody will be the same. Well, how can we be better if we're all the same? How can we be better if we're not pursuing our own personal dreams through freedom? of trade. So we, we need plans of action to, to make a move to, to increase, improve the outcome. Where there is outcome, there's income. And we're not, and in government, no one talks about outcome. They only talk about laws, and every law reduces our freedom. Do we need all these laws? Well, if we're going to pass one, we should get rid of 10. Because we have way too many laws, we have too, way too many regulations. Yes, that sounds Republican. No, it's just common sense. But if we don't do this, and we let more and more people in under the theory that we need them, as Pelosi says, to pick the crops, we don't have cotton that they need to pick anymore. The, the, those, those are picked by machinery and technology. Uh, and, and Schumer says, oh, we need to have them having babies because our birth rate is down. Well, what idiotic reasons for letting 5 million people a year come in because they think they can get their piece of the pie without working. In this country, you've got to learn to earn and have a skill to build if you want to have a good standard of living. That's the principles of uh, uh, standard of living, which is I interpret as being healthy, happy, and prosperous. And that's what we're promising Americans when they take their citizenship exam is get, a, get you're a part of the workforce. And if you aren't part of the, of the solution, you're a part of the problem. So we will have more ghettos unless we start w working on uh, outcome means income. Uh, our health of, of Americans is terrible. Uh, the obesity rate is unbelievable. The chronic disease rate is unbelievable, and we do not have any any rational uh, management of, of the health of America. Public health has screwed this thing up royally by using fear tactics during the pandemic and allow Fauci, who is another um, um, dictator, um, running our health system because he's the one that caused it. You know, you go back and look at the roots of this thing and you'll find out that he, he had his footprint all over it. Uh, in 1984, there was a biologist that created the DNA sequencing on the COVID uh, virus, and that's what Fauci sent to uh, the Wuhan lab. And that's where it came from. And it was caused by a synthetic uh, version, which was the one created in America and sent there by an American and funded by an American, and it got out of there, and no, China didn't use it as, as a warfare tactic because they're suffering, still suffering the, from the pandemic, and it may spread again. So we've got terrible management of American health when you leave it in the hands of public health. It's got to be our medical professionals that are managing it, so we need to privatize health care. We have to get it out of the hands of the bureaucrats. 
It's killing us, literally killing us. Our, our life expectancy is now lower, and it's going down every day because of the things that I'm talking about. But yet we still have the fear of the pandemic, and we have the fear of the human con- uh, contamination that's driving the Green New Deal. And we have politics as usual, all based on fear. And who are the, who are the politicians? A bunch of attorneys, professors, and uh, bureaucrats. Is that what we want running our, our business? It is. America is a giant business. As I said, it's one plus one equals two. That may be as good, as good of an equation as E equals MC squared because it finally puts some reality into what makes America great. And to call it a political campaign that... We need to make America great again. It's already great. And that was, that was Hitler's slogan, make Germany great again. We don't need that. We need to keep America great. It is great. So what the hell are the solutions? We have to have plans. We have to have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan. China has a, had a 1,000-year plan. They have plans. They're planning to convert their accounting records to generally accepted accounting principles. So they know where they are financially. We aren't. We're on the cash basis. Whatever comes in uh, goes out. And, and, and if there's nothing left, we borrow the difference. It's like a drugstore. You know? They take in the money, and the money goes out. And if they can't make money, they have to borrow money. Well, that's how we've created this nightmare. If you look at the debt clock, 158 trillion in unrecorded obligations, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, all all the giveaways, the entitlements. And Medicare Medicare and Social Security are not entitlements. Those are supposed to be trust funds of money that that is to be saved out of our paychecks. Um, We need a Department of Offense. We, we have spent three, four trillion dollars on weapons of mass destruction that we hope we never have to use. The major part of the Department of Defense is spending it on the F-35 and other billions on, on an airplane that will fly up and down, and we can't get it to fly at all. So the Department of Defense has to become the Department of Offense. What is our offensive plan? What is the the direction of this country when it comes to protecting our people. And uh, that includes, includes pandemics as well as um, military. Um, so, you know, my, my, my example of that is the Chicago Bears. They have, they have just hired a, a whole host of defensive-minded um, co- um, coaches and and they're and they, and they've got the worst def- offense and defense in 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 the NFL. So the Department of Offense that they thought they had passed on Mahomes for Trubisky, and they continued to miss the boat. The point: the NFL is based on offense, not def- on defense. So is the United States of America, and how uh, we we have to protect ourselves around the world. So how do we do this? Well, I'm proposing a third party. What is that party? American Enterprise Party. The thing that makes America great is our enterprise. It's bringing capital and human together in a team environment, which we do in every business now anyway. So why not base our, our country's administration on that formula so we don't lose a trillion a year in, in uh, trade imbalance? We make a trillion a year in imbalance, which is what we used to do. And and during the Third World War, we had everybody working for that purpose, is to save the country. Well, we need to do that again. So we need to have a third party that pulls us to the middle, pulls the extremes, red and blue, or left or right, or Republican, Democrat, radicals, uh, into the middle. And does that third party have to win win both houses, the, the, the presidency in the Supreme Court? Hell no. It needs to get consensus. It needs to pull these two parties that can't agree on anything because they're chasing issues 
and do the problem solving by getting rid of laws, not uh, encumbering America with more and more loss of freedom. So we want our freedoms back. We want our uh, media uh, supporting what I'm proposing here, not being a propaganda machine to control the minds of Americans, because that's where we're headed. That's Orwellian at its best. And when we start talking about how we create babies, then you're you're getting into um, uh, hemesis bowls and creating the perfect human beings. So we don't want to go that way. And we have to have some accountability. Our current government, particularly in each state, is not accountable. The governors aren't accountable for any analytics. You know, what about their crime rate? What about the number of abortions? What about the number of guns? What about the number of people that get PhDs or the number that get a, a, a college education? And the analytics of what's going on in each state should be the analytics which we add up for the country. And right now we're losing. You know, we're, we're 20, 39th in health care. We're, we're way down on, on uh, math and uh, the, the reading and the arithmetic and also STEM were down the list. Other countries are ahead of us. Why? Because of our education system is now trying to manage people's behavior rather than increase their intelligence. So we have to privatize education and reestablish what the values of the majority of Americans want. Uh, we need to close the borders. This is crazy to keep increasing our population. There was somebody who said, oh, America's so big and rich, they can handle another 700 million people. You know, they're going to put us right up there with China and India and that have gross poverty everywhere in their <coughs> in their uh, ghettos. Uh, we need to require citizenship. If you get any right to vote, you have to be a citizen. This is ridiculous. The, the, this last last election was a farce. I don't care what you call it, but by having mail-in voting, you lose all security. Trump, yeah, he, he keeps wailing on it was, it was stolen. No, it was unsecure or insecure. We have to make the voting secure. Otherwise, we have no democracy. We have no constitution. We have the same as they have when they have votes in Argentina or Venezuela or Iran or Russia or China, come on, that, that, that gets us a political bureau, a, a Politburo, which is what we now call Congress. We've got the same thing. We've evolved into that. So we need to have everybody that comes here, if they got a green card or if, they, if they're pursuing citizenship, and that needs to be vetted. We cannot just let, open them up and let them swim across the, the, the uh, river to get here. English as our nation's language. In California, they're trying to service 40 different languages in their education system. Of course, it's a failure. Non-political Supreme Court. We cannot allow the president to, to select, the because he's a politician, the Supreme Court. That has to be on the, some basis of election by the, of the people, for the people, by the people, somehow. And our justice branch of, the, of, of each administration must be monitored in terms of non-political application of the law. The rule of law right now doesn't exist in America because we have a justice department that is, is, is political, politicized. Our politics are not... Um, anything but warped towards personal in, 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 <laughs> um, power and uh, wealth. We need to privatize energy because it's being mucked up royally by the G G Green New Deal radicals. We need to have health care privatized to get the reduction of, this, of these chronic diseases and improve the, the uh, life expectancy. We need to have an education department that is educating for our intelligence, not for our sex drive. Um, and we need to have a transportation department that actually acts as a transportation um, um, technologically inclined to not try to elect electrify everything. 
is that's that's dead on arrival and isn't going to happen within the next hundred years maybe because the whole thing the whole world runs on uh, right now fossil or uh, or um um na- not natural natural gas and to move off of that is is insane try to do that the the great america we need to keep it great and i'm going to run out of time here so i'm going to have to say uh this is this is number 1 i'll add another one uh in this same podcast so keep listening Good morning, America. This is Jerry Rhodes again, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. I wanted to uh, complete the um, podcast of uh, While America Implodes, China Explodes and get into the plans of action where outcome means income and it means America. We keep it America great. So what is the motivation for keeping America great, even though it seems to be self-evident? Well, we're losing our preeminence in the world. How did did the preeminence come to us? Well, it started in 1776 um, or in actually at in Pennsylvania when the pilgrims came in 1620. It wasn't 1619. As CRT says, that the slaves started America. They may have been here. Maybe the Indians were using them. I don't know. But anyway, the pilgrims came from England seeking what we're seeking today is uh, democracy for the sake of free market enterprise. So we, we, we are preeminent. Uh, it became evident from 1776 all the way through the first, second, the Civil War, first, second, and now the Third War, which I call the Third War of, Cold War of Trade. Uh, we have been preeminently leading uh, the world in um, prosperity, um, our um, health care system is supposed to be the best in the world, which I think you'll find is not the case. Um, our education system used to be, but is no longer the best. Our college and universities are, are uh, actively, actively being turned into act- activists, uh, one party or the other. So we're losing our collectivism, which was made us great, but we don't need to manage that from a central Washington, D.C. We've decentralized, supposedly with republics, 50 states, but all of that, which goes to what keeps, what makes America great, we don't have to make it great again. It's great. I contest the, the MAGA slogan. It's similar to to Hitler's. I don't know why we would want to base things on MAGA. We have to base it on keep America great. We're losing our preeminence in the world. And I propose that that preeminence be based on peaceful coexistence and uh, laissez-faire markets so we can trade internationally. Global trade is not the problem. The problem is on how this global trade has been uh, realigned by non-business people called politicians and presidents that didn't have any experience in anything except government, attorneys from Harvard, most of them, or Yale, or uh, if there are any business people in the Congress, they got their MBAs from Stanford. They certainly get them, didn't get them from the School of Hard Knocks, which is starting your own business in America. And America is great because we allow people to fail. Our bankruptcy laws are are the only ones in the world that allow you to fail, reorganize uh, your debt, and move forward to make a profit. And then 
those that had to take a haircut, you pay them when you have the profits. So small business enterprise, which is what I have been an expert in for 40 years now. I got 20 years experience from the big business being uh, in Arthur Anderson, where we were taught how to solve problems, financial problems, um, um, people problems, all in a team environment. So we're lo- we were losing this preeminence. Uh, and, and when we do that, the dollar as a reference security around the world, we're, we're at, able right now to have a, an essence of control over how trade is being priced. It's all in relation to the value of the dollar in our country. And that is being eroded by the Fed when they increase the interest rates. It reduces the value of the dollar. It, it reduces the, the value of 401k plans. It reduces the value of, of our homes. It reduces the value of our stock market. Uh, during this 2007-2008, it was called a depression where two presidents that had no knowledge at all about uh, business uh, burdened the country with trillions of dollars of additional debt with giveaways, stimulus, and didn't really solve the problem, which was the Federal Reserve, which acts independently from our country, our government and the welfare and, and benefit of the American citizens to manage and save their own, which are the, their banks. And, and they want, they, when, they, when they want to save their banks, they want to punish the stock market. What they do is they, they, they punish all Americans by fiddling around with the interest rates. And that didn't happen with uh, Greenspan. He serviced our presidents for 18 years. He had a steady hand on uh, free market enterprise. He was not a libertarian, but he had those leanings as you got to allow the market to dictate, not the interest rates. But during the Carter administration prior to Greenspan, Span was Volcker, a Keynesian. It says central government and the interest rates is how you control the markets. Well, what happened there, 23% prime rate when I was trying to start my accounting business, and it was putting all small businesses out of business and the savings and loan banks, which were outside the Fed's control, offering purchase of homes at low interest rates. Well, the Fed had to come in under the guise of inflation, and there wasn't well, there was inflation, but you don't you don't curb inflation by increasing the cost of capital. You in, you you only do the opposite. So the Keynesians are nothing but uh, professors when it comes to how do you manage an, an economy. Greenspan was doing that when Volcker was was back with Bernanke. They increased the the discount rates to their banks, which then increases the prime rate and cost of capital and the cost of business from, on an annualized basis, 1.76% to 5 to 7. And by the time it got to the prime rate, it was 10. And around the world, LIBOR rate, 15, 20%. And it was a, a depression. It was not a recession. If you read my books, it'll show you the inflation rates that they supposedly were re- raising the, the Fed was raising it uh, under Bush and, and Paulson and Bernanke and Volcker. Uh, cost the Americans $30 trillion of value in their homes, in their 401k plans, and in, the, in their stocks. And then it was bailed out by borrowing from the Fed. Treasury bills were printed up by the Treasury and issued out to China, to Japan, to India, to, you know, our enemies as well, indiscriminately. And now what's happening is that we have an inverted yield curve that says uh, investors don't want long-term debt on America because the long-term doesn't look too good. 
So they're going to have to pay them more interest on the long term and um, no, more interest on the short term and less interest on the long term. And then our astute Secretary of Treasury um, says, well, why don't we just have a 100-year Treasury note and push this all over, all into the next century, which will give the Democratic Party time to take over everything. So um, back to motivations for fixing this, China becomes number one in the world, which is what their 510, their Wolf Warrior program plans are, are targeting on um, with the partnership of Russia, Iran, North Korea, and any other uh, totalitarian government in the world. And literally 7 billion people are being managed by that approach to uh, prosperity. And the prosperity in that setup is all in the hands of the oligarchs and the Politburo. And the rest of the people have, are the seventh part of the six rules of of totalitarianism is that the people that lead have have don't don't have to comply with what the rest of the people have to comply with more laws and more fear and more restraints like in 1984 that Orwell um, was experiencing in Russia and was warning the rest of the world when when it's becoming the um, method of government. Uh, we need right, rights in the streets of our cities. Um, the ghettos, we need to fix the ghettos. We need to get rid of the crime-making gangs. Whatever it takes to clean it up, knock it down, clean it up, invest whatever funds that we can generate from our gross domestic product should be reinvested into cleaning up the, the, the back room of the cities, the south-of-the-track cities, the red-lined cities, the James Jim Crow cities, and put in John Crow. We, we have to spread the wealth in terms of giving people opportunities, uh, and that has to come from my learn-to-earn and skill-to-build formula, is they have to get an education, they meaning all of us, um, and we need to apply that education in a free market enterprise, which requires democracy and a constitution. That's what has made America great. That's what will keep America great. And so we have to have, because that's our motivation here, we have to have plans, a five-year plan to reduce the debt, a 10-year plan of, uh, of having positive uh, trade imbalance, a 15-year plan of having... Uh, uh, totally secure voting uh, because of a third party that, that is is the swing vote and is pulling the extremes together and is not trying to control three branches of government. They're only trying to control and make sure that that outcome means income for everyone. And the, and the capitals will have to share. The pyramiders are going to have to share. Those that can use stock values from one company to pyramid into $600 trillion, billion dollars of, of wealth that's based on the stock market shouldn't happen. It, it, it should not happen. It shouldn't even be uh, in the hands of Bill Gates and Buffett and, and those billionaires and Musk that are pyramiding off of certain values that in terms of what they call their wealth can't be converted to cash. Who's going to convert it to cash unless the free market does that? So we need to have the rights um, in in and on the streets of our cities. We need to have the crime controlled. Uh, we we got to get rid of the excesses of, of welfare and entitlements. We have to have most everybody employed productively, not picking cotton or picking crops. We're going to have technology doing a lot of that. No, building small businesses, having ideas that become ideologies, that become uh, big international uh, enterprises. Sure, that's what makes America great. It's not build back better. That's build back bigger. Government is better. And I think you can see from the, the Biden approach that, that that has disastrous results. In my opinion, he's the worst president ever. 
I think Donald Trump had had the business skills, but he didn't have a plan. And the, and, and the American Enterprise Party has a plan. It's, the reason for having a swing vote is in the first volume of the American Enterprise Party trilogy. Uh, the, the founders of our, of our country felt the two-party system would fail if they become one party. And right now with gridlock, we have one party running everything. Um, so in the second volume of the trilogy, it has a plan of reorganization where we're going to have to write down our debt. Certain th- uh, uh, creditors are going to have to get a haircut. That happens in a reorganization or of Chapter 11 bankruptcy in, in the business world. Well, they say, well, a federal government can't go bankrupt. The state can and the and a city can, but the federal government can't. Well, it says in the Constitution, thou shalt not spend more than you earn. But And that's what the government has been doing now um, ever since, oh, during, the, during the World War II and ever since. So we are violating the Constitution by having the, the, this debt eat us alive. So we need to have everybody working. We need to have our unemployment very low. We can't have 5 million people coming in that have no skills and don't speak the language and are dispersed everywhere on the streets, in the ghettos, who knows where, and becoming a cost. We already have excessive costs for running our giant enterprise. Poverty is and will exist everywhere by having this approach. And I know what this approach really is. Um, it's this whole philosophy of the progressives that we have to feed the world. We have to solve all the world problems. Well, uh, that's not going to happen with the approach of giveaway programs. You teach people how to fish, you don't continue to give them fish because then they become welfare cases, unemployed and poverty. So we, we have to be motivated by of that to have a third-party swing vote that has some solution, solutions. What is that? Well, back to the basics. Plant the decision tree, and it will grow into a movement. My adversary in my own neighborhood says that you cannot have feelings in politics. Well, in my books, and, and that's in the second volume where I'm proposing how to do this, there's plenty of poetry in there expressing some things on a feeling basis rather than just a political basis or one plus one equals two. Uh, we have human beings here, and I, and I say we structure American Enterprise Party that's based on humanism. It's, there's, it's colorblind. Enterprise is colorblind. It doesn't care who. It just c- considers what and how. And the small business, the building and spreading of that in Africa is exciting through using the cell phones. Yeah, and they're using cryptocurrency. And the only way to use cryptocurrency is if it has some backing of value, which would be the trade and the product and profit backing it. And we can do that. But you're not going to do it by turning the, the Federal Reserve Bank into the central bank and everybody has a wallet and it's all controlled by one bank. I mean, that's the mentality of the totalitarian thinking. And I believe that our current politicians are falling prey to that. Whether it's intentional or not, I don't know. And academically, it never works. So the American Enterprise Party, the party of the people, by the people, for the moderate people in the middle of this mess. Keep America great. Okay, how do you do that? Well, you have teams. We got 50 of them out there calling them a republic. They're going to have to be accountable. The plans of action have to be distributed and, and carried out by each governor. The governor has to be measured for their, uh, and accountable for their performance, for the analytics that are going to be rolled up into what makes America great. It would be low inflation, low interest rates, uh, less taxes, more investment from those that are wealthy, uh, fewer guns, more PhDs, more graduates from high school, 
um, um, get rid of the ghettos, improve the cities, uh, improve transportation, improve education, of course, learn to earn and skill to build. So we have to have plans of action, an uh, offensive plan, not a defensive plan. We have to have peaceful coexistence as our end result um, based on humanism. We're all humans. We all have pretty much the same wants and desires unless they're distorted by our social mores, which right now in America are violent, vulgar, and, and, and excessive wealth in the, in the hands of the few. And what does that work? Well, it works for a while, but we're losing it because it doesn't work for the long run. We need to have results driven based on objectives for problem solving. We cannot in, any longer have in our national language the word issue overriding the word problem. My kids all use the word issue. When you use the word problem, you have to have a solution. So I have a problem with my children when it comes to everything being called an issue including our political um, parties and our propaganda machine, which is media, Facebook, Instagram, all the things that one man, Musk, is going to fix. Well, I, I wish him a lot of luck. We're going to have to have a, uh, you're going to have to have a team behind the movement that fixes it. That is the American Enterprise Party swing vote. That as Joe Manchin did in the, this last sessions, is try to get a hold of this craziness that we can afford anything and everything because we're just a giant business and, and after a while that catches up with you, drowns you, and forces you into bankruptcy. And that's where we are. We need to have procedures for the implementation of these plans. Uh, they're laid out in the American Enterprise Trilogy in Volume 2. And in volume three is who's going to do this? Well, our enterprising Americans. We have, if we, if we believe the unemployment rates, we have 90, 90 to 95% employment. And most of those are employed in our, in our 140,000 small businesses, not in our 15,000 large businesses. Do I say we should tear down the large ones? No, they all need to, to practice uh, what our citizenship requires is they have to honor the work worker. It's not a trade union. The American Enterprise Party does not have the destructive force of a trade union. It has people working towards the same goals. What keeps America great? That's what we all have to work on. That's called an outcome. Outcome means way more income. If we're producing the products with short distances from the supplier to the end result and reduces the cost and improves the technology and, and the profitability, yeah, we should bring tons of businesses back. They'll come back automatically if they have to pay the shipping, I can guarantee you. Or the unloading of the of China's container ships and getting them on our thousands of entrepreneurs that drive semi-trucks to and trains to get it to the wholesalers and the and the retailers, and, and then charge them to wherever it comes from, charge them for shelf space. That's what Coca-Cola has to do to displays their products. They have to buy shelf space. So we need to set business up as business is. Right now it is all in the hands of totalitarian thinking people that will use that to take over the world. And that will not be a pretty world. If you've ever read uh, 1984, the first thing that destroys are human relationships, and the end result is you love Big Brother, not your spouse. So outcome means income. What makes a, a, a positive outcome is humanism, and it's prop, profit-driven, peaceful coexistence. Back to the basics, democracy and laissez-faire. Okay, well... Who's going to lead this? That, that is the biggest obstacle. You know, does it just take a billionaire to, to run our country? Or does it take uh, some young whippersnapper genius to do it? Um, I, I don't have an answer. 
at my age, I am not saying that I want to be president. Whoever wants that job, you know, they need to be a little crazy but follow plans. And Mr. Trump, President Trump, was making progress. He scared the hell out of the bureaucrats. They were all afraid they'd lose their job because the swamp is all made up of bureaucrats that keep their jobs regardless of whether it's Democratic or Republican. So the main problem and alligators are the bureaucrats. We need to privatize that so there's some accountability. we got to know what everybody's doing if we're going to pay for it. We being the, you know, the collective um, um, many have to have some way of measuring the few who are running this mess right now. And I'd say that's the governors. Every governor needs to be held accountable for analytics, and they'll be compared to each other. We'll have the number one versus the number 50, and maybe we can get things better. Decentralize everything that we can. Centralize is exactly where relationships are destroyed, the propaganda machine controls everything, all of our thinking and our habits and mores and and the vulgar and violence will all be orchestrated by the propaganda machine that is now set up through the Internet. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Zoom. That's the daily control of our lives. And it's affecting our children, it's affecting their children, and their children, and their children, to the point this world will be what Orwell, George Orwell, predicted. And... Einstein, who had the simplest equation that will explain the universe and how things are happening in our nuclear energy that could have been managed better by not dropping the bomb on civilians, but just showing the civilians it exploding in New Mexico. That would have been enough. So so President Truman was an idiot, I believe, in making that decision. One of the worst decisions ever. It isn't a deterrent now. It's being used as a threat by Putin and Iran or whatever. They're not going to drop the, the atomic bomb because they want to control the world. They don't want to destroy the world. Who are they that would want to destroy the world? Well, I don't know. Uh, but having the invented the nuclear energy, we should be utilizing it for us, not against us, which means that we have to get rid of the whole concept of global warming and climate change and all that and kill all our cattle and kill all our farming and, and energy, we're, self, we're imploding. That's what this is all about. We're imploding. And China is exploding. Hell, they're, they're not committed to the Green New Deal, neither is India. They're the creation of, of a lot of the environmental problems. So come on, get off of this philosophical, academic approach to everything. Let's get back to some common sense, okay? Who are the common sense people around us? Well, Trump has the potential of leadership of this American Enterprise Party, and I have sent him volume one. I think he is in a position, if he were to work through volume two and volume three, would be taking, keeping America great. We don't have to make it great. It's already great. Uh, so are some others, Rand Paul, Ron DeSantis, Tulsi Gabbard, Elon Musk, who I consider to be a pyramider, uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Byron Donald, Matt Gates, Josh Hawley, or any Democrats you want to choose. Um, we have to have leadership. And I, for, for one... Don't know who is going to step up. But when, as America implodes, someone will be stepping up. And that's why I'm doing this podcast or the former podcast is I want to be a part of the solution. I don't want to have to sit here in the rest of my life, which is shortening now. And, and my wife and I have been married 63 years and have 32 or 33 offspring uh, to, to our legacy. Uh, I just can't stand by and not do something. So, yes, America's imploding. Yes, China is exploding. There are other experts here. Uh, Mr. Dalio wrote The Changing World Order with the, with the big curves. 
Uh, Fauci used the big curve concept to destroy our, almost destroy our small businesses. So this is where we are. So I'm going to ask listeners to come up with a list that they would like to see in leadership. So that's how I'm going to end this particular podcast. Send me a list. This is uh, recording number two of the poem Black or White Doesn't Matter. This poem was written for the 11th wonder of the world years ago and has some insight to how things are today in our cities and in our country. Black or white, does it matter? Racial relations are based not on color, but on love thy neighbor without regard to race or pallor. Sisters and brothers feeling their way, black, red, yellow, or white, we're all people, humanity facing each new day, standing in wonder before the steeple. Those that find the happy heights, heights of courage, come what may, remembering why we must have human rights, opportunities found, not gone astray. All roots go deep in our land of mortal man. Roots recalled will not decay, roots that even guns can't slay fighting to find the pride of bygone kin, those beginnings, though summer to delay. Begin the ending parody, for to be the most, one destined must be least. Warriors, employers, and Tom Sawyers, beware. Beware if our self-held feelings betray. Because truth can't be ours if ourselves are untrue. Masking and hiding our real griefs, believing you fool, all being politically correct. Then in the end you've lost to misspent beliefs, corrupting your offspring, offspring with the effect. Eulogy. Black or white, we are human and have regret, as did the proud Mandingo, don't forget. Those proud lash marks that ignorance begat come from what we believe not threat. Let's confess, then profess. Equal opportunity now is a solution to the matter, with peace beating in our chest, making black and white lives better, before we all fall to the widow maker. Thank you.